Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. You know, here in this portion of scripture, I want you to know that, you know, there's been a, a word that the Lord has put into my heart, a message that the Lord has put into my heart. And I believe that it is so life changing that God, every time I, 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 I will, I'll plan to minister something, you know, God will give me a word and I'll, I'll stay up and I'll study and get into God's word. But it seems like every time I get it in the house of the Lord, the Lord impresses this message upon my heart to minister to the church, not a church, but the church. And so I want you to open up your hearts, and I want you to open up your ears, both of them, this morning, and listen to what God's Spirit wants to speak into your heart, because I believe that today can be a turning point for your life, a changing point for your life, a point where you can say, you know what, I left church this morning, and I'm not going to be the same. How many want that kind of encounter with God today? You know, we spend a lot of time as preachers, and we teach and we minister about cleaning ourselves of the filth of this flesh, like the the lust and the anger and the habits and the addictions and stuff like that. But I want you to know there's something that's so much deeper, amen, and it's the cleansing of our heart that you can go and you can clean up everything else in your life, but until we deal with the issues of our heart, because the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I remember Pastor Phil Hernandez made this comment one time to me. He says, Vince, what's down in the well will come up in the bucket. Did you hear what I said? What's down inside you, eventually it'll surface. Come on, if you're a freak, it'll come out eventually. Come on. And I know there's a lot of freaks in church. Come on. Some of you still got a lot of freak in you. Come on. And so what's down inside the well will eventually come up in the bucket. And so our God, amen, he is a God of seed. Can you say amen? Everything he does, he does it by seed. He starts it out from seed, amen. And he sent his word, which is seed, amen, the seed that germinates and brings forth fruit into our lives, amen. And it all starts with seed. Your mind is the ground where the seed is planted, amen. Then that's a good thing when it's positive seed, like, like life and like healing and like restoration and deliverance, and amen. Those are really good things. But sometimes there's some bad seeds, some negative seeds, amen, like pride, like flesh, like carnality, like unforgiveness, amen, that gets planted. And I want you to know, over the last 15 years of my life, I've been on a journey with God. I got saved back in 1982 in my, in my aunt's house, in the living room of my aunt's house. I wasn't in a revival. I wasn't at some healing crusade. I was in the living room of my aunt's house the night my uncle went to be with the Lord. And my cousin, he said, Vince, God loves you and he wants to set you free. And the Bible says that unless the Spirit of God draws a man, he can't get saved. I didn't go looking for God. God came looking for me. He had a bench warrant for my arrest. And he came knocking on the door of my heart. And that day in the living room of my aunt's house, I responded to the door. I opened up the door and said, God, if that's you, I'm asking you to, I'm inviting you to come into my life and change my life. And I want to let you know that over the last 15 years, though, I've been walking with the Lord for 38 years, but over the last 15 years, God started doing something inside me. He started dealing with a character inside my life. And he surfaced this character and began to show me, he says, Vince, you've been around Christianity for a long time, but you know what? Some people, they grow old in the Lord, but they don't grow up. There are some issues, and sometimes we want to take those issues and, 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 and put them on the back burner and ignore them and act like they're not there. But God wants to deal with those things because the Bible says he takes us from glory to glory to glory. He's changing you. He, you're the, the Bible says that all things pass away and all things become new, and it's a process, can you say amen? 
Like, like our brother was talking about, you know, you, 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 you get ministered to and, and maybe you hear it over and over again. And finally you come to that intersection in your walk with God and you say, okay, I'm going to change this area of my life. And I'm going to submit it over to God and I'm going to surrender and I'm going to start being obedient in this area. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Because it's a process. Come on, some of you didn't wake up this morning speaking in tongues. Some of you got up this morning, you were mad. Come on, mad over Cheerios, praise the Lord. Because God's still working in our life. He's not done. When he's done, he'll take us to heaven. That's how you know when you're done. Come on. And so God's working in this. But God has been working in the characteristic in my personal life. And God began to show me this area. And he began to deal with this area. And for, this, for the last 15 years, amen, it's amazing how God has been showing me this. But you know what? As Christians, we don't talk about this particular thing very often. I mean, we come to church and we celebrate, we holler, we shout, we jump up and down. We get excited about the fact that we've been forgiven. Anybody been forgiven in this place? The Bible says, though your sin be as scarlet, he will wash you white as snow. That means it doesn't matter how bad you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. But the Bible tells us that his blood can wash you white as snow. And then he writes our name down in the roll book of heaven. In the attendance sheet of heaven, he writes your name down, amen, because one day we'll stand before him and he's going to open up the book of life and he's going to look in there and if your name's not in the book, amen, you will be sitting in the smoking section. Come on. But I thank God we're going to be in the non-smoking section. Can somebody say amen? But I thank God that God has forgiven us, amen. That is a victory within itself that we've been forgiven. How many's been forgiven in this place? And if you're a child of God, amen, your heavenly father, amen, has forgiven you, amen. And he, and not, not because he owed it to you, not because you earned it, not because you deserved it, but because of his mercy and his love for you and I, amen. But isn't it funny how we have been forgiven, amen, but sometimes we find it hard to forgive. Oh, come on, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good, amen. Sometimes it's hard to forgive. If you've been through things that like I've been through in life, I know many of you have heard my testimony, amen. I've come from very meager beginnings. And I was born in the low-income projects in Watts, right there on 105th and Compton. Amen. We, we, we survived off of welfare. Amen. They didn't have EBT back then. They had the, the kind of, you know, the welfare tickets you had to pull out of a, box, out of a, out of a book. Amen. Amen. The, the, the $1 and the $5 and the $10. And you, we had the, that, that kind of food stamps and stuff like that. That's how I grew up. Amen. We shopped. Amen. We didn't shop at, at, at Nordstrom's. We didn't even shop at Ross's. We shopped at the Segunda. Amen. Secondhand store. Praise the Lord. Amen. Came from meager beginnings. But I thank God, amen, that, that where he brought me from, amen, what he's done in my life, amen, he's, he's changed me, amen. And the challenge is that God wants you and I, amen, he wants us to come to a place to understand that he wants to give to you what he can give through you. Oh, that was a good one. Let me say that again over here, amen. God wants to give to you what he can give through you, amen. He wants us to be, amen, a conduit. A conduit is like, you know, you see these black wires? That's kind of a, a, a form of conduit. Conduit can be like a piping. It can be a tube that they run wire through. They run gas through it. They run air through it. That's something that, that it carries something through. God wants you and I to be that conduit of his compassion, of his forgiveness, of his love, of his mercy, amen. And that's what God wants. And God's been showing that me to me in my, in my life. He says, Vince, I have forgiven you. And how dare you have the audacity not to forgive? You know, when I got saved, I, 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 I came to that place and I thought, man, God said, you, you know what, you've been forgiven of much, amen, and, and, and now you need to love, amen, because you've been forgiven of much. And so God showed me all the things that went wrong in my life, all the things, the, the hardships that I had been through. I had to deal with that. So, you know what, God helped me to forgive those people that burned me. 
Help me to forgive those people that abused me. Help me to forgive those people that lied about me, that, that, that misused me, that, that hurt me, amen, that broke my heart, that with all the things that I've been through. And God helped me to do that, amen, when I gave my life to the Lord. But I want to show that there is no hurt like church hurt. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Ain't, ain't, there ain't no hurt like church hurt. And, and, you know, and my wife and I, we, we pioneered and we pastored a church in the city of Azusa, amen. And as a pastor, you know, you, you have to have become thick-skinned. I want to let you know that your pastors, uh, you know, they, they got that, that, that Channel 40 smile, amen. Praise the Lord, the victory smile, praise God, amen. But they've got to deal with offenses. They have to deal with hardships. They have to deal with, amen, people lying about them, amen. Uh, you know, if pastor buys a new pair of shoes, people are thinking, man, there goes my ties. Sister Maria comes in with a new dress on. There goes my ties, amen. And they, they, they've got to deal with all this. So they've got to get thick skin, amen, because offenses come. Can you say amen? The Bible tells us in the book of James, chapter 17, in verse 1, amen, Jesus tells his disciples, he, he tells them about this promise. He says, I promise to you that offenses are going to come. You're going to have to deal with offenses. I mean, you can stay home and put yourself in a closet and have somebody slide quesadillas under the door, amen, but you're still going to get offended at some point. Offenses are going to come. I don't know if the mail is going to come, but I know offenses are going to come. They are going to come. But I want to show there's no hurt like church hurt because I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't, I wasn't anticipating it. And, you know, your, your, your heart's open. You're, you're naive and you're just open to, 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 to love, amen, people. And, amen, and you're not expecting that to come. But you know what? People will, will hurt you because hurt people hurt people. You see, when you're in church, this is like a hospital, amen? This is where we come, amen, and, and the Dr. Jesus comes and ministers to our life. Or, or maybe you don't understand that analogy. Maybe you understand that this is a, like a body shop. This is where we come and get Bondo put on us, amen? Get a new paint job. Come on, get the dents beat out of us, amen? Amen, so we can be a testimony to what God can do in our lives. But when you come into this place, amen, there are other people that are here with us, amen, obviously, amen. And so, amen, maybe they've gone through some things and sometimes hurt people will hurt people. And I, you know, and I, I came to church and I wasn't expecting that. And, and I, you know, and I blessed people and I loved on people. And then all of a sudden, man, I got burned. I got lied about. I got talked bad about. Amen. People that I blessed. I thought, man, and I wasn't ready for it. And, you know, and I hardened my heart. And God told me, Vince, forgive. Forgive. I have forgiven you, forgive. And that was a hard pill to swallow. Come on, how many remember that, that prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Pastor, I, I was all right till I got to that part of that prayer. I was cool till I got to that part of that prayer when God says, as, as I've forgiven you, forgive others. What God's telling me there is, Vince, I want you to treat people like I treat you. I want you to treat people the way I've forgiven you, I want you to forgive them. You know, the Bible tells Paul, Paul's talking to, in, to us in, in, the, in the Bible in 1 Corinthians. Amen. He starts explaining to us, amen, that, that God shows him. He says, you know, Paul explain, he's explaining, he says, with the same comfort you've been comforted with, comfort one another. The same love that you've been loved with, love one another. The same forgiveness that I have forgiven you with, forgive other people. And sometimes it's hard, amen, but as Christians, as children of God, amen, we are to take on the nature of Jesus Christ and say, God, help me to forgive those who have trespassed against me. And I want you to know, it takes faith. It takes courage. Come on, it takes a big person to be able to forgive when someone's wronged you. And you know, and I, I'm, you know, and I'm not dismissing the perpetrator, amen, for wronging us, but all, everybody has a weakness. And sometimes we become the victim of that perpetrator's weakness. 
But how dare us become self-righteous or, or look down at no, our nose at somebody, amen, thinking like we've got it all together when we hurt people, not even realizing that we do because we have weaknesses. Can you say amen? And it's so easy. And the Bible tells us in the book of, of, of Luke, amen, that offenses are going to come. They're going to come. And I want you to know that when they come, we have to be prepared. We've got to guard our hearts. Come on, we've got to keep a right attitude, amen? And here Jesus is talking to the disciples. When he takes them up on a hill, he's talking to them about attitudes, blessed attitudes. And I want to let you know, your attitude will determine your altitude. Did you, did you catch that this morning? Your attitude, amen, if you have a blessed attitude, amen, that's why Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm going to take you to a place, amen, I'm going to take you up on a mountaintop, and I'm going to sit you down, and I'm going to teach you, and I'm going to help you to understand something. These are the attitudes that you're going to need to get to the places where I want to take you to, because you're going to have to deal with offenses in life. You're going to have to deal with hardships in life. You're going to have to deal with offenses in life, but if you have a right attitude, I can bless you. I can minister to you and through you, amen, and you will be a light for me and for my kingdom. But we've got to have the right attitude. Amen. This is about an attitude check. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Come on. And so we've got to ask God, God, what's my attitude like? And if I were to ask you this morning, amen, do you have a blessed attitude? How about if I asked your wife, does he have a blessed attitude? How about if I asked your neighbors? You know that guy that lives next door, do they have a blessed attitude? Come on, come on you, you had a blessed attitude when you first gave your life to the Lord. You had a blessed attitude when you got paid on Friday. Come on, you, you had a blessed attitude when you first got married. Come on, but what's our attitude now? Because your attitude will determine your altitude. And God wants us to have a right attitude. And part of that, the Bible tells us, blessed are the merciful, amen, for they shall receive mercy. And God began to deal with me about that. And God began to show me about that, amen. Because, you know, if you get a bad attitude and, and God was trying to deal with me in that character of being forgiving because he had forgiven me, but I got hardened my heart. I got bitter inside. I got unforgiving and it took me down a wrong road and it, it messed me up in my head because I wasn't being obedient to God when God said to forgive. And I want you to know that God will take you wherever he needs to take you to get you to do whatever he needs you to do. Don't ask me to say that again, Amen. But God will do that. Just like when the children of Israel, when they came out, when they came out of Egypt, a four-day trip took 40 years because they didn't have a right attitude. They started murmuring and complaining about how they had this and that back in Egypt. And sometimes we do that in our walk with God. Amen. We forget, amen, the, 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 the miry pit, the horrible darkness that God pulled us out of. And, and here, we're, God's moving in our life, but sometimes, amen, they're serving the Lord. Amen. Like I tell you, I'm in the midst of a war. Amen. But I didn't serve God. I didn't sign up for this just to think that, you know, giving my life to God was going to be a walk in the park. I know that it takes a real man. It takes a real woman to serve the Lord. Amen. Because we're going to have offenses and hardships. But that's when you dig in. Amen. That's when you dig in and say, God, help me to have the right attitude. Help me to love. Help me to forgive. Help me to be like you. When Jesus was on the cross, think about this. When he was on the cross, what was, what was some of the last things that Jesus said when he hung on the cross? He looked to the left and to the right and seen the, the thieves, amen, hanging next to him. But he says, you know what? Father, forgive them because they're stupid. No, he says, because they don't know what they're doing. But can you imagine that? The Lord knew he was coming back in three days. He knew he was coming back in three days. So in his heart, he says, you know what, God? I'm going to keep my heart right. And I know that they're, 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 they're accusing me of all these things. But God, forgive them nevertheless, because they don't know what they're doing. They're humans. They're, 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 they're fallen people that don't know the difference between, amen, a God that came to love them, amen, and a devil that's trying to rip them off. 
And so he called out to God. And he said, God, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Because he knew when he came back, he had to have a right heart, a clean heart, a right attitude, amen, so that he can come back and show himself. And God, he did that as an example. Can you imagine if when he was hanging on the cross, if he got upset, got angry, got bitter, amen, got unforgiving and said, never mind, God, just kill them all. We wouldn't be here today. Amen, 2020 would have never existed. But thank God in his love, in his mercy, he showed us as examples, amen, that even at our hardest times, we have to forgive those that have wronged us, that have hurt us, amen. What happens, amen? We, we, we get this thinking, amen? And sometimes it's hard to bring us to that, that intersection to say, God, you know what? I'm going to take on your character. I'm going to forgive, amen? But why do we have trouble believing, amen, amen, and, and forgiving, amen, and having the, to be able to express this, amen, this forgiveness, Amen. We live amen, in a world today where people are celebrated for being unforgiving. You watch TV? Come on, you ever see that program, The, the Diary of a, a, an Angry Black Woman? They celebrate that kind of attitude. You see, you know, people that are, 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 are vengeful, people that are, that, are, that are in this thing and they're, they're about payback. Amen. The world celebrates people like that because they're hard. They, it seems like a, a, a person with power because they're, 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 they, they, they appear to be hard. But I want you to know, it doesn't take power to be unforgiving. It takes power to be forgiving, to love. That takes power, amen. It takes a big man, it takes a big woman, amen, to say, you know what? I'm going to forgive regardless of what they've done to me. They're weak, amen, and they have a weakness, and so do we. Every one of us have weaknesses, amen. But how dare us, amen, become so self-righteous, amen, where we start looking, amen, and, and, and not wanting to be forgiven or be forgiving towards people. Offenses will come. I want you to you can't avoid the offenses. They're going to come over and over and over again, Amen. They're going to come. The longer you live, the more things are going to come your way. You can try to hide from it, but it's not going to happen. Offenses will come because the Bible tells us, amen. You can write this down, amen. God will promote you to the level of your tolerance to pain. We're going to go through pain. And he's, he's going to promote you according to your tolerance of pain. You ever see people that have these jobs up in big high-rise buildings? Come on. Those are people that can tolerate problems. They're, they're problem solvers. The more tolerance that you have towards pain, the more problems you can solve, amen, the, the bigger the compensation is. They pay people big money to handle problems. And sometimes in our life, we've got to deal with problems. And God will never approach, promote you past your ability to be able to handle those problems. And so I'm here this morning, man, God's been talking to me about my attitude, amen, he's been talking to me about, amen, my character, about unforgiving. He's been talking to me, he says, Vince, you need to be more forgiving towards people. Until I came to that place and God opened up my eyes and God began to deal with my heart. And as I bowed my heart before the Lord in repentance, said, God, forgive me for being unforgiving. After all that you've forgiven me for, Lord God, after everything you've done in my life, God, help me to be forgiving. I, want to know, I, made, a, I, made, a, I made a vow to God that I would not allow that to happen to my heart. I made phone calls. Come on. I called up my, my brother. You know, we, we had a strained relationship for many years. I called him up and, and thank God that God healed that relationship before he took him home to be with the Lord. God help me, amen. I went to go spend some time with my mom, and, you know, and she was demented. She, 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 you know, she hardly even remembered me. But I kept getting those little glimpses, those little margins of the time when I was talking to her where she knew who I was. And I had to ask her, God, my mom, mom, forgive me for being angry towards you, for all the things that I went through as a child. And, you know, and I, said, and I told her, I said, I got to just ask you one question, mom. And she says, what's that? I go, have you ever received Jesus into your heart? And you know what her response was to me? She goes, have you ever received Jesus in your heart? She got indignant with me. I go, yeah, mom, I received Jesus in my heart. She goes, well, so have I. I go, good, praise the Lord. You know, 
But she was demented. She was coming at me that way. But I had to make it right with her. I had to, you know, show her that, you know, that, man, that God's done something in my heart that I've come to that place where I don't want to hang on to that bitterness. People that wronged me, I called them. I made a a point to call them because I didn't want to live another year under that that shadow of of unforgiving. And I called the person, you know, and God told me, Vince, you need to be ready because they're not going to reciprocate. In other words, they're not going to own what they've done wrong. They're not going to say they're sorry, but that's not, that's not your business. That's my business. God said, let me take care of that. You do your part. And I called them, and sure enough, you know what the response to me was? It's about time you got right. And instead of letting that, uh, you know, eat at me and make me angry, I said, you know what? You're right. You are so right. It is about time that I got right, got my heart right. You know, and you, it's just how you look at it. It's what kind of attitude you have towards it. And God wants to do something in our lives. I want you to know that there's nothing worse, amen, than, than, than hanging on to stuff. Because you know what? Sometimes we hang on to unforgiveness, and we think that by hanging on to the unforgiveness that it's going to hurt the people that you're hanging it on from. Think about that. It's like you taking poison and expecting it to kill them. Because that's what unforgiveness does. It kills you inside. It messes up your attitude. It messes up your character, man. It, makes us, it messes up your perspective of things. And after all that God's done for us, after all that God has forgiven us, how dare us hang on, amen, to being unforgiving towards people? God wants us to love people regardless of what they do. God wants us to give people opportunity and, and chances just like he's done to us. I thank God that if God had not been forgiving towards me, I would be in hell today. I would be burning in hell today, but God was so merciful and so loving towards me that even while I was yet a sinner, he died for me. And I thank God for that, amen. But I want you to know that they give people jobs, amen, and pay big bucks, amen, for people that can handle problems. And God wants to promote his children, but he can't promote you to the place where he wants you to be when you're still hanging on to the past. Think about that for a moment. How can God promote you into your future when you're wrapped up in your past? And sometimes, you know, we spend so much energy and so much power and so much attention, amen, on the things that have happened to us in the past, and we can't even see what God has for our future because we're locked up in our past. We're incarcerated to the things that happened to us in our past. And God's saying, you got to let it go. Come on, turn and tell somebody, let it go. we got to let it go. And yeah, we can come to church and we can ignore it. We can come to church and act like we're okay. But I tell you one thing, that person that has, has, has offended you, let them come walking through the doors of the church and watch how your attitude changes. Come on, you're, you're pushing your shopping cart down the, the aisle at the market, and all of a sudden she comes around the corner and you see her. Come on, that hair stands up on the back of your neck. You want to get her by the reñas? Come on. Then it, it still has an effect on your life. You're giving somebody too much power in your life. That's like taking the thermostat in your house and putting it in their house and letting them control the temperature in your house. Come on, we can't give nobody that much power. After everything that God set us free from, when I think about the fact that God has set me free from heroin, from alcohol, from perversion, from anger, from violence, all these things that God has set me free from, and I'm going to let somebody's weakness, amen, incarcerate me back into my history? No way. God's done too much stuff in my life. And I thank God that he opened up my eyes and said, Vince, I've got so much more in front of you. What's in front of you doesn't even compare to what you've been through. It doesn't even compare. And God says, if you'll get your eyes off of that and get your eyes on what I have for your life, quit hanging on to that. Quit spending all your energy on that. You know, the God that we serve, he's a creative God. He's a creative God. He spoke things into existence. And the Bible says that when he created you and I, that he made us in his likeness, in his image. We were wonderfully and fearfully made. You're a masterpiece. Listen to me. You're a a designer's original. There's nobody like you. 
Come on. They can, years and years and years can go by, and there'll never be another you, Vernon. There'll never be another you, bro. You're the only one that has that thumbprint. You're the only one that has that eye retina. God made one you. You are a designer's original. And I want you to know, he created you in the likeness and the image of him. Because he is a creative God. Think about how far we've come over the, over the years, amen, because of that ability. When he created us, he created us to be creative. And when you think about the technology we have nowadays, just in the last 20 years, how we've, how we've evolved, amen, into, into all this stuff like, tea, like, like, like online and all the stuff that you can do. You can pay your tithes now with an app on your phone. I mean, think about that. 20 years ago, they never did that. They would never even thought of that, about that. I remember growing up, being in my grandma's house, amen, and she'd be out in the backyard because the washing machine was out on the porch. And after she would wash the clothes, she would take them out and run them through this thing called a ringer with a handle on it. That was the ring, that was the rinse cycle. Come on, that was the rinse cycle. And then she would take it out, and then she would put the katsones back in there again, and she would run them one more time. Get all the water. And then she'd take it out, and she'd hang them on a line with wooden clothespins. You think about how far we have evolved, amen, since that washing machine. They got washing machines. Now, you ask Pastor Art. He works, amen, where he sells appliances. There's a new washer that's coming, that's going to be coming. I don't know if it's already on the market yet, but it's a washer. It's one unit. You put your dirty clothes in it. You put the, 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 all the detergent and the bleach and the softener all inside of it, and you never even have to take it out because after it finishes washing it, it goes into dry cycle, and it dries the clothes for you. There's a new machine coming out like that. Some of you ladies are excited about that one. Come and see Pastor Art. And before you know it, listen to me, before you know it, because we are creative people, because we were, were created by a creative God, amen, amen, before you know it, that machine will even fold your clothes for you. Open up the door and the fold, the, the katsunas are closed and they're folded up. The socks are matched together. I don't know how they're going to do it, but we're creative like that. Come on. But you know what? God created us to come together as his church. This online thing, that's cool for people that are, you know, maybe you're sick or maybe, you know, you, 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 you have underlying sicknesses, your immunity's down. Amen. I wear a mask, amen, for me because my wife is sick and I don't want to get her any sicker. But I don't walk in fear. I walk in faith because I know I serve a God that's on the throne. Amen. But, you know, people that are staying home, thank God that God's given us the ability to be able to reach them where they're at. But, you know, the Bible tells us to come together, amen, because there's something powerful when we come together. We learn to love the brethren. You ever meet a brother and say, I'm going to have to learn to love that brother? Come on. There's people like that. But that's how God shapes and he molds us. And one of the things of his character is to forgive. We have to learn to forgive because people are going to make mistakes. People don't just come to church and they're just, you know, malicely want to hurt you. No, they have weaknesses. Maybe how they were brought up. Come on, maybe you were brought up in a home, amen, where your mom was a, a plate for a thrower, amen, or your dad was a, one of those kind of guys that just walked out the door and slammed it, amen, and then got in his car and burned rubber out, the, out of the driveway. And you see that. And so we learn these behaviors because unforgiving is not something that's inside of us. It's a taught behavior. It's taught to us in our pathology, in our, in our, in, in, we are in our growing up, in our community, in our homes. I mean, we're taught that, not to forgive. We, we're taught to hang on and don't, don't, don't let people push you around and, you know, don't let people get the last word. We're taught that behavior. It's a just like prejudice. Racism, it's a taught behavior. You're not born that way. I was born in Watts, amen. I'm a half-breed. My mom's Mexican. My father was a Russian Jew, half-breed. Mostly brought up in, with around African-Americans, amen. I wasn't taught prejudice, amen. I mean, I, I, I wasn't brought up, brought up prejudice. I was taught that. I was taught not to, li not to like people that weren't like me. 
And just like that, unforgiving is taught that. We're taught that not to, you know, you watch little kids. They'll go outside and play. They'll get into a fight with each other. They'll go back inside the house and eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich. And 10 minutes later, they're back outside playing again. The parents won't talk to each other, but the kids will keep playing. Because we think that, that it takes strength to be unforgiving. It takes, it takes much more strength to be forgiving. And God wants us to be forgiving because it takes a big person to forgive. I've been, like I said, I've been brought up in meager beginnings where I, I was poor. Our family was poor. But I thank God that when I gave my life to the Lord, God surrounded me with people that, 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 that had the mindset of, of, of seeing the bigger picture. My pastor, amen, Pastor Art's pastor, Pastor Maria's pastor, Pastor Mike Neville, the founder of this fellowship. I watched him for years here. A white man from Oklahoma. Come on. An Oki. Come on. He, when I first seen him, the very first time I seen Pastor Neville, he was wearing, wearing a green polyester suit, even cowboy boots, and a cowboy hat. And I walked into the church, and it was prominently Hispanics, Chicanos, we, street people. Come on. And when I walked into the church, I said, man, this is crazy. A white pastor, pastor a bunch of, and you know, and he wasn't streetwise. Pastor Neville didn't know what a vato loco was. He thought that was like a burrito or something. He didn't know what it was. Pastor Frank Salcido had to take him down to Taco Mexico, amen, and hook him up with some carne asada tacos to show him what tacos were. He didn't know. He wasn't streetwise. But because of that, he was naive to certain things. And people burned him, and people lied about him. But you know what? I watched his attitude. He always took the high road. He always forgave people. He always gave people the opportunity and the second chance. And he always loved people. And he chose to see the good in people. I thought, man, and I watched how God just blessed him. Everything he touched seemed like turned to gold. God just blessed him. My, my, my compadre, he lives here in Vegas, and he's got that same attitude. He just, he always takes the high road. He always gives people the benefit of the doubt. And I started thinking about why, what my little brother, he, he, he's like the, the, the financial, you know, uh, uh, successful one in our family. He lives in Oregon, and it seems like everything he touches turns to gold. And I began to ask God, God, what is it about these people that have that ability to do that kind of stuff? And God began to show me it's because they see the bigger picture. He sees the bigger picture. You know, we, he chooses to look at the good in people. And when I watched, I said, God, help me to have that kind of character, to see good in people instead of the bad, because there's enough bad inside of me. I don't, I don't need to see it in other people. And I said, God, help me to see that. And God says, it takes a big person, Vince, to see, amen, the big picture. Little people can't see that. Little people are too petty. Come on, they're too easily hurt. They're too easily offended. You know, you think about a chicken. You ever, you ever watch chickens? Uh, and, and if you're going to have chicken after church for lunch, I don't want to mess up your lunch or anything. Maybe you're going to Pollo Loco or going to get some tacos de, de pollo. But chickens, they're a dirty bird. You watch chickens, they look down. They eat in the area. They, they, they focus in the, in the direction that they're eating off of. They eat off the floor. And, and chickens, they'll eat sticks. They'll eat worms. They'll eat bugs. Chickens will even eat their own feces. And if you don't know what feces is, if you don't know what feces is, if you're white, it's, it's poop. If you're black, it's doo-doo. If you're Mexican, it's caca. Now you know what feces is, okay? Now you know what feces is. Well, chickens will eat their own feces. Now catch this this morning, church. If you don't get nothing else, catch this chicken, amen? These chickens will eat their own feces. They're eating stuff that, that, that they should be passing. They're regurgitating what they should be passing. And a lot of Christians are like this. They keep eating what they should be letting go. They keep regurgitating their past. And that's what I was doing. I kept, I kept thinking about all the hurt that I've been through and feeling sorry for myself. And then when I got hurt in church, I got mad. Thought, you know, you ever watch Little House on the Prairie? Nally? Nally always does this. He hates me. Whenever somebody does something wrong, or they, when, they don't ever give, when they don't give Nally her way, she does that. He hates me. She hates me. 
And I used to have that thinking, people hate me. That's why I don't ever get the opportunities. That's why people burn me. That's why I've gotten the short stick in life, because they hate me. And God says, no, they don't hate you. You're just stupid. And you haven't taken on my character to forgive. And when you learn to start forgiving, you'll begin to see the bigger picture. You're acting like a chicken. You're small-minded. You're eating off the floor. Amen. You're eating in the direction that your eyes are always at. Amen. And you keep regurgitating the past because you're even eating your own feces. You, you ever see people, all they talk about is the past? All they talk about how they got burned? They talk about how their, 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 their husband left them for their best friend? Come on. How that they, they lend that sister, amen, 20 bucks and she never gave it back to them? Come on. You, you lend that sister your dress and you see her wear it and it just ticks you off, amen, because she never gave it back? She hates me. They hate me. Pastor didn't say hi to me today. He hates me. And they go around with that mentality, the victim mentality. And God shook, God grabbed me and shook me and said, Vincent, stop it. Knock it off. I love you. I love you so much that when you were jacked up, sticking a needle in my arm, I died on the cross for you. Stop sniveling about the little things. Open your eyes, Vince. And as I begin to see this chicken regurgitating stuff that he was passing, you, you look at eagles. Eagles are a beautiful bird. Wingspan from tip to tip, nine feet. They have vision. They can see for miles and miles. They got vision. They have that, that eagle eye vision. And I want you to know that I believe this morning I'm not preaching to any chickens. I'm preaching to some eagles this morning. Amen. But we have to have that eagle eye vision. You know that eagles, they're such a, a, such a magnificent bird. When eagles mate, they'll fly 20, 30,000 feet into the air and then they embrace, and then they make love as they're sparrowing down. I think inevitably God made eagles this way so that they wouldn't mate with chickens. Come on, some of you are wrapped up with a chicken. Come on, some of you are wrapped, you, 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 they, they got a chicken mentality, they got a chicken perspective. Come on, they even smell like chicken, amen? Come on. But I'm trying to sh so shake some chickens out of this place because God, just like he took the disciples up on the mountain, you can't take chickens up to a mountain. Come on, you ever notice chickens, they'll fly up on a, on, a, on a fence post every now and then. They'll flutter their wings and make a bunch of noise, but they don't soar. Come on, eagles soar. Come on, they mount up with wings. Come on. They run and they're not weary. Come on. They walk and they're not faint, amen. And I'm going to let you know that God wants to take you out of the chicken coop up onto the mountaintops because God's doing something here in Praise Chapel, Las Vegas, amen. And he wants to raise up some eagles, amen. He wants to raise up some people that will say, you know what? I'm going to soar. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to love, amen. I'm going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to be what God's called me to be. I'm going to stop looking at the past. I'm going to stop looking at the past, amen. I'm going to move where God wants me to move. I'm going to speak when God wants me to speak. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. Come on, you're not no mistake. You're not here by coincidence. You're not here by some chance. Come on. God didn't make a mistake when he made you. I want you to know that God wants us to open up our eyes. He wants to open up our eyes. Because let, let me say this to you. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear it good. You know, I didn't have a father growing up. I was abused growing up. I was molested, sodomized from the time I was three till I was almost eight years old. And growing up with that lingering over me, hanging over my head, not knowing what it was like to have the love of a father embrace me, you know, with, with purity, with love, with sincerity. Every man that ever embraced me wanted just to abuse me. My stepfather used to beat me unconscious because he was angry. He was raising somebody else's kids, and we were brats. And so he would just beat the snot out of me, amen, and just how I would pass out. But I look back at that. When I gave my life to the Lord, it was so hard to think that God would love me, a messed up, good-for-nothing, low-life dope fiend, 
that God would love me enough to die on the cross for me. And he says, Vince, if you'll open up your heart and you'll learn to forgive like I've forgiven you, I'll take you to places that you've never been. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you the desires of your heart. And I want you to know I came by today to let you know, amen, that God loves you. And he wants you to love people. He wants you to forgive people. God wants to pour revival in Las Vegas. But he's looking for a remnant people, amen, a people that will have his character and say, you know what, God, I'm going to stop acting like a chicken. I'm going to stop keep regurgitating the past. Let it go. Let it go. So your husband ran off with your best friend. Let him go. Come on, he wasn't worth it anyways, amen. Come on, he's a chicken anyways, amen. Come on, let that turkey go, praise the Lord. God's got something better for you. Amen. Somebody that will love you, amen, for who you are. That will appreciate your gifts and your talents, amen. That will just reach out, amen, and be who everything you need him to be. Come on. Are you hearing me this afternoon? Thank you, God, amen, for helping us. God wants us to mount up with wings and be eagles. Stop regurgitating the past. Don't let your history incarcerate you. Come on, break free from that. After all that God's done in our life, after all the, think about everything that God's done in your life. Personally, as you, you as an individual, think about what God's done in your life. Is hanging on to somebody's hurts or things that they've done, is that worth putting yourself back in incarceration? Nothing's worth that. So today you have to make a decision and say, you know what, God? You forgave me. And just as you've forgiven me, I'm going to forgive those people. It takes a big person. It takes a real big person to be able to take that kind of character on. And I'm here to tell you this, this afternoon that if you'll begin to take on that character, God began to show me. He says, Vince, I want to bless you. I want to command blessing over your life. Catch this. Catch this this morning, church, before you leave. God said, Vince, I want to bless you. But the only way I can bless you is you have to be in a position where I can bless you. I want you to know the devil can't stop God from blessing you, but he can put us in a position where we can't receive God's blessings. Let me close with this illustration real quick. I thought I'd seen, there it is, Kleenex box. My, 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 my prop. Think about this as your heart. This is your heart. And everything in life goes inside this. The hurts, the disappointments, the blessings, all those things go inside your heart. Because the Bible says that out of our heart is, is the well, of the, is the issues of life. And everything that goes in there. And you know, the, everything that God gives us to us, he's given us the ability to take in and let out. When you breathe, you take in air, and you exhale. If you didn't exhale, you would die. Your car has a muffler. If I were to take and put a potato in the car and your muffler your car, your motor would blow up. Come on. We eat. We eat. And after we eat, we have to go have a bowel movement. we got to get it out of our system because if you don't, you become constipated, and eventually it'll make you sick. It's called septic. It'll poison your blood. So everything going in, there has to be a way to go out. And so when the issues of life come in, there's no way of getting that out of our hearts. I did a word st uh, study, Pastor Art, on that word, blessed are the pure in heart. That word pure is where we get the word cathartic, where we get the word catheter from. God's purity can reach into your heart. It can catheter your heart so that you can get the impurities out. Because that's the only thing in our life, amen, that we have a hard time releasing. But you know what? God can do that today because he said, blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall, amen, see the kingdom of God. And I want to show that when those things come in our hearts, you have to be able to get into a place where say, you know what, God? I'm using all my energy, all my focus to hang on to my past. But God, today, I'm going to take all this stuff that's in my life, and I'm going to set it down, God, so now I'm in a position where I can receive your blessing. 
There's people in this place this morning, God's been chasing you with blessing, but he can't put it in your hands because you're hanging on to the past. How can he bless you with your future if you're still holding on to what's behind you? Today, God says, let it go. Put it down today. I want you to know January of last year, I just dropped my box of rocks and said, forget it. That's it. I'm not hanging on to this no more. I'm not doing this no more. I'm not going to spend my energy, my power, my vision, everything that I have inside me on my hurt and my past and those failures and everything. God, I'm going to focus on you. And I'm going to put myself in a position where I can receive your blessing. I'm expecting a miracle for my wife. I'm believing God for a miracle for my wife. Amen. Because God, listen to me, God has never, somebody say never. He has never failed me. Men will fail you all day long and twice on Sundays. But God has never, ever failed me. And I'm believing God for that. And I want you to know that you can be in that same position today. Maybe you're here today and it's like you hit a glass wall and you wonder why you can see the blessing. You see people around you are blessed, and you're wondering, why, why am I not getting blessed? Because maybe there's things inside your heart that you haven't forgiven. And God's saying, you're hanging on to that, and I can't put nothing else in your life until you let it go, and then I will command supernatural blessing over your life. How many want that this morning? Amen. I want you to bow your heads before the Lord this morning.